welcome. Glad to have you. Today we are in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, we have been traveling the state. Last night we were in Wausau, got over to La Crosse late last night, uh, up this morning, and today we are at uh, the golf course at Cedar Creek in La Crosse. So uh, enjoying the day today. We have uh, a uh, golf outing uh, this afternoon with our friends from Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery and Quick Trip and a cigar dinner coming up here a little bit later on tonight. So good to be with you and good to see some uh, good folks over here that stopped over earlier to say hello uh, at the uh, the golf course here in lacrosse so good stuff there brewers get a win last night propelled by ben kenny did you notice what happened last night in the ball game yes i did bill and i'm here to face the music uh props to hunter enfro that was a terrific bunt <laughs> i even bill i would have liked to see yelich lay one down the inning before uh it was one of right. those games where you know it made a little bit of sense i'll face the music i deserve it great move good win there you go so the Brewers get a win now. I was on this morning with uh, our our buddy Ernie Betts over in Baroqua, and he said, "Wow, the, the Brewers are off uh, to a good you know good run now." Here, let me let me slow the roll for just a second because I'm not here to be the bucket of cold water on the Brewers' win last night. Whatever you do with that win today is kind of how your role goes. You're only as good as your next day's starting pitcher, and what you do today will determine how big of a win that was last night. Um, if you come out and you're on fire today, and even if it's a hard-fought game, and God forbid you lose, but even if you lose, and say it's a five-to-four ball game, and it's a back and forth and clutch hitting, and you know you just you just you just get one inning where it just doesn't get you. Okay, you, it's hard fought. If you come out today and get blanked eight to nothing, then last night's win it, it carries zero momentum, zero. So it's all how you uh, kind of respond tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game uh, because it's going to keep me company on the way home. Uh, coming back from lacrosse but uh you, you know what you do tonight and what you do tomorrow are the two biggest factors in how big of a win that was from last night what that does for you because let's just say you split with the dodgers and then you win two out of three against the cubs and say then you go into la and just steal one you get two out of three against the dodgers that win last night is huge huge if you turn around today and you get beat eight, eight to nothing and lose a tough game on on thursday five to four and so you lose three out of four to the Dodgers. Well, that come-from-behind win in extras doesn't mean anything. And God forbid you go and lose two out of three to the Cubs and then lose two out of three to the Dodgers again. Well, all of a sudden you find yourself four or five games back in the standings. And coming in uh, to the second half of August into September, it's almost insurmountable at that point. And you've pretty much played your way out of the postseason. So the next five, six, seven games, really vital for the Milwaukee Brewers, but it's how you respond today as to how big that win last night was. So uh, I'm just, that's what I'm looking for. That's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on, uh, on the edge of my seat this evening uh, in anticipation of that game. And then it happened. Do you know what I'm talking about, Ben? Dinelson Lamette allowing the Cardinals to walk off in the bottom of the ninth. No. No. Patrick Reed suing it the Golf happened. Channel because he's a cheater? No, that's not a good, good guess. Both. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's guesses. happening. There's a lot of stuff that's happening, but it happened. I didn't think it would happen this early, but it happened. Do we have the actual clip? Because I know we do. Yes, we do. I now know what this please, is referring to. Please play it. It actually happened. 
Do you have it ready at the ready at your fingertips? Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good we do it in practice. So uh, it's unfortunately some of the same guys. That that's you know repeat mistakes are a problem. So we just got to clean those things up a little bit. The young guys, you know, they got to especially young receivers. We got to be way more consistent. You know, a lot of a lot of drops, a lot of uh, you know bad route decisions, run the wrong route. So we gotta we gotta get better in that area, but I felt like the line for the most part held up pretty good, which was which was good to see. Yeah, it happened. Aaron Rodgers talking about the young guys and not being on the same page and some of the problems they're having and it. Uh, I, man, I've got when I heard it, there is nothing there that Aaron Rodgers said that's erroneous. Nothing. He's 100% correct. The issue that you have and I have was when you're talking about being on the same page and guys needing concentration and working with guys, and I go back to the comment of, well, I don't have to be there. Randall's going to coach him up. That was stated. Randall's going to coach him up. Randall's like a coach in the film room. All right. But working with Aaron Rodgers, the big difference was Aaron Rodgers was on a beach doing hallucinogenic tea, feeling a hundred hands on his body and learning the real meaning of love versus Russell Wilson, who was bringing guys to his home, throwing passes in his backyard, trying to just get in their heads and talk to them about concentration, about certain things they need to do. And I'm not saying Russell Wilson's right over Aaron Rodgers. What I'm saying is you look at what Tom Brady did a couple of years ago. We brought everybody onto a high school so they could get a jump start on the OTAs, the mini camps, and training camp. Um, sometimes, especially in a transitional period, if you are the leader, the leader needs to be there. So, again, I've stated it time and again, I don't care about the regular season. I care about the postseason. But if this is the groundwork that's being laid for the postseason, the path to success is paved with the stones of hard work and effort. And I, I've always believed that, and especially if you are in a leadership position. And so it didn't take very long. Now, maybe this is calculated. Maybe this is, hey, guys, I know it's long practices. I know we've been beating up on one another. We're starting to get beat up now by another team. We see where we're lacking, and it's time for me to crack the whip. It could be calculated. So I'm going to wait and see. But I did not expect the, uh, you know, hey, it's the same guys running wrong routes, dropping balls, concentration, getting on the same page comments to come out before even game two of the preseason. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's it's. I find it interesting. Uh, Chris says, thank God 12 has four MVP awards. He knows what's best for him. Great leadership. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, the Pac fan says the 100 hands of love. Uh, and the ayahuasca uh, tea was in late February, early March. Yeah, okay. Doesn't matter. You get my point. Complicated dude, man. So, anyway, uh, I just uh, I felt that that comment was, it, it raised my ears right away when I heard it. I thought, oh, man, here we go. Going to start blaming the young guys for not being on the same page and not having concentration and all the mistakes that they make when some of this stuff could have been discussed a lot earlier 
than right now. Uh, but, again, like I said, it could be a calculated move just to start to crack the whip to say, hey, I know we're in the midst of and doldrums of the, uh, the, the training camp season. So maybe he wanted to just say, hey, we can't let up now. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was an interesting comment. So the Packers back on the practice field against the New Orleans Saints today. We've got Aaron Rodgers we are going to hear from. Part of it you heard there, but he had a re- I, I, honestly, he had a really good press, presser yesterday. He had a fun presser yesterday. I'm sure you've probably seen it on many of the highlight reels by now that somebody had sent him a, a, a bust that was in his locker. Didn't know who sent it, uh, but somebody had sent it to him. Uh, this little bust in his locker, and you'll hear the explanation coming up. Uh, of Nicolas Cage and such. And, uh, you know, he'll talk about that, talks about uh, the progress so far. But it was really good. It was really good stuff overall. But that was the one snippet that I went, ah, there it is. There it is. Oh, okay, now. Now we can uh, all move on because now it's the blame game of it's everybody else and it's not uh, their concentration and uh, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, but uh, but so you've got now, Ben, what else is on your mind today, by the way? There's you a lot. reeled off a few things that you reeled off a few things that uh, have already got you perturbed. Uh, well, here's the thing. I spent last night. I had the Brewers game on. I watched Hard Knocks as well. Good episode. I I couldn't focus on the Brewers game though because I was reading forty to fifty pages of legal documents about uh, now live golfer Patrick Reed suing the Golf Channel for seven hundred fifty million dollars uh, in a defamation lawsuit about how this guy, Brandel Shambly, called him a cheater. He thinks it's ruined his career. Uh, the, the lawsuit is quite hilarious, and the situation is. So I, my mind might not be on the same things that everyone else's mind, you know, is. And the Dennis on the Met thing mm-hmm. I, I saw when I went to sleep. That, just, that situation just kind of gets worse and worse, right? Like he goes to the Rockies, yeah. he pitches six scoreless innings, and then he faces the Cardinals and allows them to walk it off. Right. I uh, f- going back to the golf comments. Uh, first of all, Patrick Reed. Okay, whatever. If if uh, how? Uh, here's the question. Okay, when he is called a cheater, what? First of all, was that term specifically used? Yes. And secondly, okay, so he was called a cheater. Did he cheat? Yes, multiple times. Okay. So he has no case. I mean, in defamation suits and all that kind of stuff, it's always about one, what it's not only what you say, it's what the intent of what you say is meant to cause. So you can be, if you scream fire in a crowded theater and people get trampled on the way out, you're ultimately responsible for that. Now, if there is a true fire in the sense of it is on fire, you are 100% right in what you say it's misleading if you see somebody light up a cigarette next to you and they use a big lighter to do it and while it does create fire if you scream out fire and people get trampled to death but it's not on fire it is a literal fire that you see so yes you are technically correct but your intent was to cause panic or to lie or to have people perceive something else that is defamation and that is something that is slanderous and such if you get the if you get the comparison. So now when they called him a cheater, was it meant to say, this guy's a cheater? Or was it meant to harm his career? That's what's that's what has to be determined. Yeah. And the, technically, if you're cor- correct in calling him a cheater and he is cheating, 
then there's there's really no case there. Oh, the fun here. Unless you meant to do it to, 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 to derive him of any ability to make money. The fun here is not about the case because a guy he hired has not won a defamation case in his entire career, which is quite funny. Uh, <laughs> the fun is in the language, like Reed complaining that people would call him the excavator because he would move sand in front of his ball in the bunker. Uh, it's it's just a, a the yeah. twists and turns it takes. He's talking crap about Skip Bayless. Uh, everybody's brought into it. It's It was quite funny. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, Skip Bayless is an idiot, and we all pretty much can 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 understand that. And if you want to go after Skip Bayless, that's fine. But you would have to go after Skip Bayless for damn near everything he says that falls out of his head because I, there's no way he can 100% believe all the insanity that he, he drooled people. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> – I started reading a little bit of that. I didn't get too deep into it. I was more interested in the Tiger Woods getting into Wilmington, Delaware – the site of this week's BMW Championship, and meeting with a, a group of players to discuss the future of the PGA Tour and how it might be, you know, as they called it, strengthened uh, against Live, so to speak. And, um, you know, he and Ricky Fowler and a bunch of others, um, you know, they, they were talking about all of this, and Tiger was bringing up examples of other players. And, and so anyway, long story short, I – it's easy for Tiger, and I've said this before, it's easy for Tiger. Tiger right now is today's version of Jack Nicholas. He's got that that something. He's got that not only does he have the majors, but he's got that something. He's got that level of respect. No matter what he's done in his life to this point, he has pretty much overcome it. So he's got that level. The problem is when you are being approached by the Live Tour for $150 million dollars, as a younger player on tour or what have you, and or whatever amount of money they want to throw out, and a guy that is standing up pointing the finger at you saying, don't go, we need to be on the same page and solidify, but yet that guy is worth $750 million and has no reason monetarily to jump to the live group, it's difficult to follow his lead. It's more respectable to have a guy like Jack Nicholas stand up there who has not made that amount of money in his playing career and say, I believe in the traditions that that is the PGA. And as old school meets new school, I think we should stand together, band together and stay strong against live. That would be the way to go. Plus he turned down a ton of money to be the commissioner of live and the face of live. So it, with, with tiger gathering everybody, that's great. The tiger's doing that. Don't get me wrong. He's taking a stand which I think is what a lot of people wanted him to do. But it's not the easiest thing to follow a guy down the primrose path of I'm going to turn down all that money because when you've already made all of your money. So it's easier for him to say, don't do this, as opposed to other players who may be saying, I've only made a million bucks in my career and I need to make 40 million bucks or 50 million bucks or 100 million bucks in my career to live the way I want to live or to do the things I want to do or to be set up for me and my family for years and years and decades and, you know, generations to come. And where I could take one big score and get it versus toiling away in anonymity maybe for a long period of time on the PGA Tour and hoping that one day I really begin to break through. So I I just found that really, really interesting. Uh, And I know the meeting was held at that off-course, what they called an off-course hotel, I think, is what they stated, and it was about three and a half hours. And a lot of the top stars were there, and Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Tiger, and everybody. So 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of effect it has uh, on the PGA Tour. So anyway, but that's kind of some of the headlines that we're dealing with, uh, you know, here today. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. We are broadcasting live at the golf course at Cedar Creek. We're in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And if you're watching over on the Bud Light live stream, beautiful day today here. Uh, a few clouds in the sky and uh, all the golf carts are lined up and a little bit of an outing later today. But uh, it's beautiful out here. Really, really nice. And uh, over on the patio, that's where I was set up last year. Uh, the problem is, is that the sun beats down on you, and it got hot. So this year, I decided to stay inside. Nice, air-conditioned, got a TV in here. I'm good to go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Love our friends at Bud Light. Hang in there with us. We'll be back. A lot more to come right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Renfro puts a bunt up the third baseline. It's a beauty. Charging is Muncie. He's going to eat the baseball. Everybody's safe. Oh, what a bunt by Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean, the one tonight, uh, you know, it definitely caught him by surprise. And just, you know, against Craig Kimbrell, not an easy guy to bunt. And then he executed it and put it in a great spot and got the inning, got the inning started for sure and gave us a little momentum and energy. Hunter Renfro starts it, gives it energy. Something happened. It was a bunt. It was dropped down. It was successful. And uh, the Brewers go on to win. There you go. There you go. It was uh, it was uh, it was a nice game last night by the Brewers. It was an exciting win by the Brewers. Fans left feeling jubilant, and hopefully they can turn that around and say um, uh, the momentum then carries them through something today and tomorrow that allows you to go. Oh, okay. They hit a bump in the road, but they're back. And against good ball clubs, they're playing winning baseball. Um, you know, if you can figure out the bad teams, like the Pittsburghs and Cincinnatis, maybe then, uh, you know, the division becomes much more handleable, and the lead then can be escalated from there. But nevertheless, it's, uh, it's a nice job by the, uh, by the Brewers last night to get the win. But Hunter Renfro, who knew Ben Kenny dropping down a bunt could get you this much excitement? Yeah, you know, uh, maybe I I, got to admit, go ahead. Maybe I've had a flip flop day because I spilled coffee all over my shoe this morning. Uh, But I I even was sitting watching last night (laughs) when Yelich came to bat in the bottom of the 10th to lead it off. The guy that's one for 30 who did homer last night. Uh, I I even wanted him to maybe maybe lay it down. But it all comes down to what the guys do afterwards, right? Because that 10th inning, Adama strikes out and they don't score. But in the 11th, Caratini came through. So it's about the bunt, which was a great play. But it's also about the fact they actually got a hit in that situation to bring the guys home. Mm-hmm. I, uh, a couple of things here. Um, I, I will admit, I was not listening to the game when the Hunter Renfro bunt was dropped down. What happened was I had a couple of friends. Yesterday was a weird day. Um, I, I left the house and uh, some things happened that uh, my phone blew up. So I, I was really busy. And then last night I spent uh, about three hours. We had a really nice time. I kind of shut my phone down a little bit. We had a really nice time last night. And then I'm listening to part of the game while I'm driving. And then I was talking to Mike Clemens and I was talking to some people uh, nationally uh, that I know. And uh, 
so I, I did not get the Hunter Renfro bunt. However, when it happened, all of a sudden I got bzz, 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 my phone starts buzzing. And I get the holy blank, he dropped down a bunt. Oh, my God, they bunted. Hunter Renfro with a bunt. It was like five or six people went, oh, my God. It, it, they finally did something that we've been screaming for for a long period of time. And uh, as Craig Council talked about, there is, you know, there's a time for that. And there's an energy for that. And, and you know, if it's successful, uh, it does speak well. Uh, when it's not successful is when things begin to go awry. But. Um, uh, and, and you are right, Kevin. You're 100 percent correct. Here's the other thing, real quick, um, uh, about Christian Yelich, and I, I'm going to I'm going to talk about this after you hear Craig because Hunter Renfro dropped down the bunt. Here's Craig Council's other comment regarding the bunt and the momentum. That's that's Hunter just kind of having a feel against the pitcher, and you know he's obviously a, he's a pretty good bunter. Uh, I think he's shown that. Um, and he laid down a great bunt. And then it was, you know, it was just a great base running feel. And it's a risk, but it's a risk on kind of what he sees. And that's really the only way he scores is to take the risk. So there you go. Sometimes the reward equals the risk. And when it works and it works to perfection, it is a very joyous thing. A very joyous thing. Now, Kevin says, and Kevin, I... I <laughs> Uh, I I was going to bring this up this morning, so thank you for bringing it up. He says, Yelich must listen to the show because every time you talk about him, he has a great game and does something good. Every time, Ben, does it seem like every time we really start to focus in on Christian Yelich, 0 for 25, no power, noodle arm, all that kind of stuff, and then perception becoming reality for people that believe that he was juicing or doing something along the way, damn, he comes out. So we should we should we begin to... Uh, during the Packers playoff run when they won the Super Bowl, I picked against the Packers in the first game. And I really did. I didn't think they would win that game because they just didn't look good going into the postseason. And I picked the last two games that they won uh, for them to lose, the Giants and the Bears. But I stuck with it. I kept doing it because at that point in time, it becomes superstitious. So even in the Super Bowl, I picked against the Packers. I thought the Packers were going to win the game, but I, I picked them to lose. I went on, on record and I officially picked them to lose. Should we now begin until he does not perform well? Should we now go on to today's update on Christian Yelich and things we can find fault with? Oh, no doubt. Should we uh, just put a segment in the show until he, now that he had one yesterday, and that was a 400-foot bomb, now that he had one yesterday, maybe every day we should point out the ineptity, inequity of, uh, uh, of Christian Yelich and hope that he listens and uh, maybe we are the – the, the propellant that causes him to grip the bat a little tighter and have a little more anger and have a better launch angle and suddenly things become to be, you know things begin to really start to to filter in for him. Oh yeah, should M- we do that now? Mush Michaels, as many are saying. Because remember, my first day on the station is when you came after Andy Haynes last year in early May, and then yeah. they get Willie Adamas and they start hitting. So I I, I think the power yeah. uh, works in wonderful ways whenever you rip into him. I think, uh, and so I'll go back to what was stated last night. Last night, the question was, what's wrong with Christian Yelich? And it wasn't even a question. It was, hey, Bill, the Brewers, what the hell, Christian Yelich, is he awful or what? That was the way the question was posed to me, literally. And so we talked about the Brewers, and you can't really say what the hell. It's just, you know, they've been an up-and-down team, and they are what they are. Christian Yelich, 
you go from 44 home runs to a ball off the kneecap to a contract pen to paper and then nothing and a shell of what you were. In baseball, the perception becomes reality in many people's minds. The best years that Ryan Braun had, he had a cloud of suspicion hanging over him. Let's, that's putting it mildly. I'm not here to rip Ryan Braun because that's not what I'm going to do. But in a lot of skeptics' minds, that was your boy. That was who you were hanging out with. You absorbed the bad habits. You had great seasons. You signed a very team-friendly contract, even though you got paid hundreds of millions of dollars. And, oh, by the way, the immediacy of the kneecap injury, the pen to paper, and the exodus of Ryan Braun, suddenly you look like Gumby and Cleats. That is the perception of many that are out there. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just simply saying that's the perception of many that are out there. Uh, and in baseball, we have been taught to believe that if anybody has any kind of short-lived success, it's because at that point in time you've been juicing. That We went through that. The whole Balco scandal cast a cloud over Major League Baseball, which they are desperately trying to get out from underneath, but it's a stain that they're going to have to live with for a long time to come. The simple truth so is that I'm innocent. I've maintained my innocence yep. uh, from day one, and ultimately uh, I was proven to be innocent. Dynamite drop in. <laughs> so... Uh, so when Christian Yelich and they, they talk about his bat speed and his his exit velocity and his launch trajectory, it's all a giant steaming pant load until you see the results and you once again become one of the more deadly hitters in Major League Baseball. Because the bottom line is the apex of your hand-eye coordination and of your youth is about 28 to 29 years old. It meets up with your mental capacity, your physical ability. It all intersects at the same time. After that, your mental capacity, your veteran knowledge continues to escalate while your physical ability, the diminishment begins. So is it that? Is it PEDs? Is it the kneecap injury that got you into bad habits? Is it bad off-season training? Is it bad hitting perspective is it the banging on a garbage can and all the accusations that were silently leveled leveled at the milwaukee brewers that they were the benefactors of of this you know outfield camera stuff as well that was going on all throughout major league baseball i don't know i don't have any proof of anything i just know that right after he signed the contract hasn't been much since and we talked about it yesterday will he get to 15 home runs most likely not so that is our Christian Yelich segment for the day. And hopefully tonight he goes out and hits a home run and just beats the hell out of the baseball. Looks really good doing it. Suddenly has a throw that goes from mid-left mid field to the plate on a one-hop, perfect strike, laser beam, guns a runner down at the plate, all looks right with the world. And if it does and it happens, we will take credit for it because that's what we do. <laughs> Oh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, by the way, I want to say hi to Greg, our buddy ESPN Steve, John, Ben. Uh, I'll address it. I'll address it for those that are asking about it. I'll address it. Uh, and uh, a cast of thousands that are all kind of, you know, pointing out some of the things that went down yesterday. I'll, I'll get into that. Don't worry about it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Broadcasting live on the cross. Out here today, we're going to hear from uh, Matt LaFleur. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers. A lot of stuff going on today. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I mean, there's definitely some guys that you feel really good about. Um, obviously, I can play with Kabi in my sleep, and when when he's healthy, he's a, he's a premier slot receiver in the league. I feel, especially after today, better with Sammy. Um, and then there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity after that. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Whether they were calculated, whether they were frustration-driven, whether they were all of the above, whether they were from uh, a shorter period of time with his young wide receiving crew and he could have been there, chose not to be there, off doing whatever, uh, I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers, we'll see what happens today. Uh, and we're going to listen to Aaron Rodgers coming up here uh, momentarily. Um a couple of things, and I wanted to address this, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but uh, for those in the sports world that listens to the program all throughout the great state of Wisconsin, for many years uh, I was on a different network, and it was based out of Milwaukee. And yesterday uh, what happened was the the flagship station of this network, of my old network, uh, basically they you know did their shows. You wake up in the morning, you think everything's great, you go to work and everybody gets fired, and they say, "Oh, by the way, they're they're blowing it up." Uh, I I feel for the people in the building that have been there a long time that put their blood, sweat, and tears, and their enthusiasm and their passion into that place. Um, uh, years ago, there was a gentleman there named Tom Parker, and I I don't think I have ever worked for a better person. I don't want to say program director because Tom was so much more than that. But I, not that he's dead. I mean, he retired. He just he's off on the Adirondacks, climbing mountains right now. But I don't think I've ever worked for a better person, um, and a more passionate person. And you always knew whether he was chewing you out or he was patting you on the back. It was all for the betterment of you. Um, and, and you understood that. You respected that. Um, what happens when big business takes over? And especially with people that have no interest, no desire to be a part of the community in which they work, it you tend to lose touch, and you become a number, and numbers become slashable, and that's all that happened. A very disconnected, very poorly run operation became a number and was basically slashed. And unfortunately, that number carries the names of many people. So I feel for the people in the building that walked in yesterday uh, on a nice sunny day um, and felt pretty good about maybe their situation when they woke up, only to find out that you no longer have a job. And I feel bad about that. Um, But I also, when I left uh, under the circumstances that I did, uh, I know how I felt. Uh, I know that uh, it's not easy, but sometimes you live on principle and sometimes you live on intestinal fortitude and you say, I need to move on. I need to rebuild. I need to be re-energized. I need to find my own support. And I did. So uh, that's what I wanted to do. And, 
you know, I've always said to anybody, it's not just in this radio business, but to anybody, if you believe in something and you really feel passionate about it, I mean, it's your passion. It's your, it's what drives you. And you believe you're pretty good at it. Don't deny it. Go for it. Because you, if you don't, you will forever, forever regret it. And you always live with that, yeah, but. And you don't want to live with that. So uh, when I moved on and decided to, to go in the direction that I did and set up the way we are set up and, and work with great people, and it's, it's, it's been a blessing. And we've we found our niche, and we feel really good about it. And uh, that's all we can do is come to work every day and do the best we can do. But uh, you feel bad for the people in the building that got blown up yesterday uh, because there are some good – and some people reached out. Uh, you know, I, I, there's some people specifically over there I love to death. And uh, I'd love to – you know, much like when I left, I, the first guy I called was Mike Clemens. And I said, Mike, let's go. Come with me, man. And Mike jumped on board. Uh, I love Mike like a brother. And uh, he and I work so great together, and I think Mike is absolutely positively the best. I don't think there's any better Packers coverage in the state of Wisconsin than what we do here today and what we've done with Mike. But you feel bad for some of the people in that building. So for those that are asking about it, for hitting me up on Twitter, hitting me up on Facebook, hitting me up over on the Bud Light live stream and such, um, it just, uh, you know, I, I, I think the best way I can possibly say it uh marco and 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 song dance who hit me up on twitter and a couple other ones that said look you know you you were there i was there uh 11 or 12 years and a year and a half after i'm gone it's gone it's dead so i'll let that marinate and just sit and just leave it alone there's no reason to to say anything more but you feel bad for the people in the building and i think there's tremendous people over i love tim allen like, I mean, from the day I walked through the door over there, Tim Allen's one of the best. And and whether you agree with Tim or disagree with Tim, Tim, I love guys that make me think. And Tim is such a great guy. Um, and, and he makes me think. And I love that about him. And he really is, in his mind, he really is this uh, baseball servant. But he is also the eternal optimist when it comes to, I want my team to win. And I love that about him. So same thing with Mike Clements. And that's, that's the reason we all get along so well together. So. Um, anyway, but I do feel bad, uh, for those guys cause you know, they, nobody deserves to go to work one day and say, things are great. I feel really good only to be completely blown out because you're nothing more than a number to a, to a faceless company. So that's it. Um, going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, wrap up this hour. We got uh, coming up in the next hour. You're going to hear from Matt LaFleur from a little bit earlier today. Aaron Rodgers, good stuff at his locker yesterday. We got a whole lot of stuff coming up. Hang in there. We are broadcasting live here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Cedar Creek Golf Course, uh, as a matter of fact. Later on today, going to be uh, having a golf outing and a cigar dinner here, and I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, if you're in the area and you want to come by, say hi. By all means, do so. Uh, but we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held their first joint practice session against the Saints. Green Bay's offense struggled against New Orleans' defense. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers after practice. Uh, you know, I didn't think we ran the ball very well, especially outside zone. Had some opportunities. A lot of mental errors, a lot of pre-snap penalties. So, kind of been the theme of camp. 
simple, simple plays, we're messing up. Um, I like the energy from the first unit, but a lot of mental mistakes. Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard. We had a lot of false starts, a lot of missed signals and stuff like that today, which that's just not the standard. Just being locked in, especially pre-snap, just knowing the count knowing your, your job and everything, just be able to go out there and execute it. If we don't have the production that we want on that play, not knowing what you're supposed to do, that's just inexcusable. The two teams will practice again today, then face off Friday night for their second preseason game, kickoff at 7.30. The Saints' defense is loaded with experience. Cam Jordan, defensive back Marshawn Lattimore, and safety Tyran Matthew. The more players you have that can kind of do a little bit of everything, I think it adds to the, the versatility. I think it adds to the scheme. You know, it was a couple times a day that Aaron Rodgers was kind of checking a play he didn't know who was blitzing or whatnot so you know i do feel like having guys on the opposite ends of the field of each other guys are able to blitz able to cover it makes the offense work a little bit harder that's the honey badger tyran matthew in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show Bill Michael's show, live in lacrosse today, and a beautiful day. Yeah, just enjoying it. Uh, Packers back in practice against the Saints, and we are doing the show at a golf course, uh, the Cedar Creek Golf Course here in lacrosse today, where I uh, have a little bit of a golf outing later on this afternoon. Tomorrow, I am excited to now announce we are going to be in Franklin, Wisconsin, as the road trip continues. We're going to be at the brand new, it's it's called Lux, but it's Top Golf, and they are doing the soft opening. We're going to be down there at the Rock Complex in Franklin, right off of 76th Street, and we're going to be down there tomorrow, tomorrow morning, and then on Friday, the show in studio, and then uh, up uh, Friday night for the game in Green Bay. So uh, a lot of miles going on the car, but that's okay. That's okay. I absolutely love uh, being out and about. It's it's. It's fun. It really is. This portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our friends over there at Pindell, an exciting machining company, quality machining company right here in the state of Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a company to work with, call them. Get a hold of them. Go to Pindell.com, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. If you are looking for more than just a career and or more than just a job, but a career and a company that's going to back you and support you, that is Pindell. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell. Dot com. Yesterday, I, I got to bring this up because Aaron Rodgers yesterday, um, yesterday uh, at uh, his locker, and we'll get into the rest of this coming up here in a little bit, but there was a a bust in the back of his locker, and it was the media members, you know, anything and everything that's in guys' lockers that's out visible, that's quirky, guys are going to ask about. Media members, girls are going to ask about everybody, you know, everybody that's in there. We're going to say, hey, what's that? Why do you have that? What's going on? And then the story comes out. Rogers yesterday had a bust. Uh, it looked like a Sir Isaac Newton type of bust, you know, one of those little heads, those metal heads. But it was a bust of Nicolas Cage in his locker. This is what he had to say when I went asked about it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Somebody just said this to me yesterday with no, no message. It could be a camera in there. It's more Nick Can you Cage. hold it up there to, might be. to your face? No, so I can't. <laughs> it's like the Hall of Fame bust. They don't really look like the Hall of Famer. That's kind of, that's more like Nick Cage in his latest movie. 
the incredible weight of what is it called? Talent and classic talent. Yeah. National treasure. Treasure is the best one. Maybe. <laughs> I like him in the rock. Got in the 60 seconds. Carlo is a prom queen. Go ahead. There you go. That was uh, that little back and forth. So uh, there's like a Nicolas Cage bust in his locker. He holds it up, shows everybody. I like the fact that somebody said there could be a camera in it. Uh, that was that was pretty inspired right there. Who knows? You got one of those little dots in your eyes that you can maybe see uh, the camera inside the bus. But uh, it, it showed up uh, in a box, and he has no idea who sent it to him. Uh, but there was a little discussion back and forth about that, So, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. A little, a little more of the personable side of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Ben. Bill, out of all the things you could see in someone's locker, I, I'm fine talking about a Nick Cage bust with – the most infamous one being the steroids <laughs> of Mark McGuire, right? Like, I kind of rolled right. my eyes at it, but at the end of the day, it's not like there's steroids there, so it's all good. Oh, there's, you know what? It's it's really weird. You see a lot of weird stuff. Um, you'll, you'll see, uh, people will ask about um, brands of headphones, you know, and the, the number one thing you think of right away is any player that has any kind of an upgrade to either headphones, footwear, watches, jewelry, whatever, you always want to know, is that a new sponsor? Is that something that you're now repping? You know, um, you'll see really distinctive jewelry crosses with certain um, images and such, and then you get the story behind it. And you'll find out, you know, like the ashes for Aaron, Aaron Jones' dad that he wore, wears around his neck, um, all that kind of stuff. That uh, you, you see all kinds of different things. I think the weirdest thing I ever saw – in a locker was like a Brett clip, um, you know, just like girls wearing their hair. And I, it was, uh, God, it was, was it Al Harris? It was big pink Brett clip. And, and I remember the discussion was, you know, Hey, uh, why, why is a big pink Brett clip in your locker? And he, then he went into the whole story about how, you know, he had started to, you know, have obviously the longer hair and such. And his daughter said, dad, uh, or uh, uh, somebody's daughter had said, you know, you you know, you need this for your hair, and then put it like around one of his. Well, he had the you know kind of the dreads going on. Put it around one of them, and he always felt that that was special, so he kept that in his locker. So you see all kinds of weird stuff in guys' lockers. It's and it's not just football. It's it's you know all sports. You'll see pictures of family. You'll see people that you don't know, uh, and you'll ask about certain pictures, and you'll say, oh, did your kid draw that? No, some. Some fan, um, you know, sent that to him or whatever. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff guys get, and they'll put it in their locker or whatever, and it does become a topic of conversation. And sometimes they put it in the locker on purpose, thinking that they will get um, a question about it. So then they can bring it to the forefront. You know, say a kid that is sick or in a hospital or something, and they wanted to bring attention to this, that this child needs some assistance so they'll put something in their locker to then draw the attention and draw the question so then they can expound upon it so there are some things that are rather pointed in that sense but coming up in the next hour we are going to hear from aaron Rodgers, quarterback for your green bay packers matt lafleur before his team went out on the practice field today for day number two against the new orleans saints stay tuned got a whole lot more of the bill michael show we are live here in uh, lacrosse wisconsin today good stuff Got a golf outing a little bit later on this afternoon. Thought we might as well go ahead and get here early, do the program, wrap it up, then play a little golf, smoke a cigar or two, have an enjoyable evening before we head back to Milwaukee. Stick around. Stick around. A lot more coming up right after this.
Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.